0: everyone i'm candace i'm your host for uh this episode of what's the buzz podcast and i'm i'm going to be continuing my series on senior design um and the purpose the reason why i created this series is because i think a lot of people don't know what happens in senior design until they get there and so i kind of want to give everyone else a sort of look into what it is like um through my eyes. I mean, it's it's very convenient that I am in senior design and I am a host for a podcast. Therefore, I am doing this. So the topic that I wanted to go over today is sort of the first two weeks of Capstone because it's very stressful and it's I was not mentally prepared for it. I will I will say that right out. I was definitely not mentally prepared for those first two weeks because a lot of things happen and a lot of things happen in the first two weeks that sort of dictate what goes on during the rest of the semester Um, and sort of how this the class is structured so that there's a one hour lecture on Tuesdays and that's where you get your information on things that you'll be working on later, like what design input is for or like FDA regulations. How do you do how do you write a technical paper? Um, and there are lectures that sort of they're, they're there to guide you on what you're supposed to be doing over the next couple of weeks and after the lecture there's a three-hour lab that you have sometime during the rest of the week so it'll be on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday and it lasts three hours and that's when you work with your team um, to work on your project and during that first week uh, you choose your groups. And if you're fortunate, then you know someone in your in your section um, or you signed up with someone. If you're unfortunate, then you either don't know who's in your section or you just don't know anyone in your section. I was part of that later group, latter group. Um, but um, how the choosing works, as far as I know, because I wasn't there that first day for my, because I was in a car accident. But uh, you sort of talk to everyone and try to figure out Uh, what everyone's skills and preferences are, uh, what qualifications they have, what experiences they've had, and you've sort of figure out what you want to work on um, and what sort of team you want to work on. And so you choose your groups based on that. And from there, you create a team contract. And if you've taken 1300 or 3110, 3610, um, then you've created a, you've written up a team contract before. And while it may seem silly, um, there's definitely a lot of use in the team contract because if something goes wrong, like issues with team dynamics or issues with a specific team member, um, then the team contract is there for the group to fall back on so that you guys can intervene when problems do arise because problems will arise. Like I've I have been in teams where we've never had to pull out the team contract, but I've definitely had to do that um, in some other teams because just like there were just issues within the dynamics and it just wasn't working well. And so it's good to have something where everyone has agreed to take responsibility for their own actions and for what they take on themselves and that everyone has signed and that's the purpose of it. So Seems silly, but evidently it's very important and it's quite crucial. And it's always great to have. I mean, if you don't have it and you never use it, okay. But if you don't have it and you need it, then uh uh-oh. And after that uh, is the project bidding and project proposal stage. So there are industry-sponsored projects that are pitched by companies and research facilities, hospitals. Like there's CHOA. CHOA does a lot of stuff with us, and so does Emory. And I think Medtronic proposed one this semester. But the teams have to bid for these projects. Um, and what they do is that they send a document with their skills, qualifications, experiences, and reasons why they would be a good team to work on um, the specific projects. And they're ranked in order of, of what you want to work on. Um, and after these um i don't remember what they were called but i guess they were like team skills report or team qualification report after all of these were submitted and after the preferences of the teams were submitted then the coordinator of capstone will sort of go through all of these and decide which team gets to work on which project and sometimes teams get their first choice sometimes teams Sometimes a team doesn't get any of their choices. But if if any of if none of the industry sponsored projects are interesting to a team, then they also have the option of proposing their own project. And that also has to happen for teams that don't get any of their preferences. So they have to research a problem and then create a problem space for it. And you have to propose a project. And of course it has to be, it has to be accepted. Like it can't just be a random project that has no basis. I think a lot of work goes into that. Fortunately, my team got our first choice in an industry-sponsored project with CHOA and Emory. So we we're very fortunate, but there are teams who didn't really get any other choices. And that's, I mean, it happens. It's very, very competitive because um, industry-sponsored projects get funding from the from whomever they're working with to, like, purchase a predicate device, to conduct experiments. Uh, So, and they're usually very high profile, and it's always great to network. So, those projects are very competitive. But I think that, I think the problems that are, like, designed by students themselves, those are really interesting. Like, I know... I know a couple of friends who who propose their own projects and they're very interesting. And I'm, I'm very interested in that. And I sort of wonder, like, why didn't I think of that? But at the same time, I'm very happy with the project that I have right now. So it's all good. That all happens during the first week. So by the second week, you already know what project you're working on, whether it's industry sponsored or whether it's one that you proposed yourself. And then it goes into like defining the problem and having to research like user personas, like what are the users that would be using this product or, or like who are in this product space? Project space. So say it's it's um it's a clinical device. An example persona would be any patients who have to use it. Whether they have like different personas of patients. So maybe a child's persona of using that device is very, very different from someone who's older, or it'll be different from a clinician, it'll be different for technicians in the lab. Um, So there's a lot of outside the box thinking because there are a lot of stakeholders in a project or a product that people don't usually think about and that it becomes really important when interviewing people because clinicians won't have the same priorities as patients do and that could turn out to be like a really big issue if you only if you only talk to like one potential user. But anyway, all of that is just like the first 2 weeks. It's very stressful, it's very fast paced. The class itself is very fast paced, but it's very fun. It's it keeps you on your toes and there's never a dull moment. And that's all I really have to say about the first 2 weeks. It's very stressful. It sort of went by in a blur in my mind because, you know, school is starting and then all of a sudden you already have a project to work on. You already have a team and you already have to be researching the product and and like past solutions and past devices. It's very stressful, but, you know, they they design it for that reason. I mean, other there are some other majors where their senior design is two semesters, but ours is one semester, even though we have to deal with FDA and validation and documentation like FDA is is a very large component of it. But you know what? We're BMEs and we can do it. So, yeah, I think that's all I have to say. Well, anyway, thank you all for listening. If you have any comments or questions, uh, please, please post them to the website at GTBME com And if you have any questions about uh, learning commons, about the podcast, about joining learning commons or podcast, if you want to make a com- if you want to make a podcast, let us know and we can make that happen. Again, thank you so much for listening. I'm Candace. Again, this is What's the Buzz podcast and we are produced by Learning Commons. Thank you.